You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Way, well, good morning, Gospel Hope, and, and all of you others who um, dial into the uh, Reconciling Hope um, podcast. Uh, as you know, we've kicked off a brand new series entitled It's Complicated. And so uh, Pastor Ryan led us through God's word, looking at uh, one of the first glimpses of the life of David for the series, and um, which is we're going to be tracking with David for, for a while. And so we've got a few questions we want to ask, and uh, hopefully he can help us and get our understanding um, uh, a little bit further. Um, well, good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Good, good. Hey, first, so so first question. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much um, for just kind of sharing God's word with us and uh, giving us some additional insights into a very complicated space, and that is our relationships. And um, you started out by helping us to see the whole anti-hero dynamic that is really throughout the scriptures, specifically the Old Testament, uh, but even in the New. Um, but but specifically with the life of David, when you talked about this anti-hero concept, you painted this picture of David, who the Bible says, God says, he is a man after God's own heart. In light of or in contrast to all of his imperfections, and what would you say? Not, no, so what would you say to the person who is sitting there in the audience or listening to that message and goes, "Yeah, that's what I've been saying all the time. Just follow my heart and and God through it." How I get down because that's all he's looking at. He's looking at my heart. He knows, you know, he knows who I really am. What would you say to a person that interpreted that story like that in your message? Yeah, I think that um, you know the idea of following your heart. That's very popular in our culture right now, and and um, you know you got to be true to yourself. And while there's a there's a real ring of truth to that statement the reality is is if you if you take a biblical anthropology that is a biblical view of man the bible teaches us that though our hearts are important all they're deceitful and desperately wicked and apart from the grace of god they'll lead us astray so i would say yes yes by all means try to be true to yourself try to be a person of integrity but allow that overriding principle of your life to be that I want to seek God with all my heart. You know, I've heard it said before, um, uh, love God with all your heart, love others and do whatever you want. And I think that's really a true um, picture of the Christian life. Like, man, if you're just really seeking God with all your heart and seeking to love others with all that is in you, then you have great freedom to pursue your desires as long as they're under those overarching desires. Our hearts need to be trained and cultivated so that we can really seek God. And when we do, I think then, yes, there's a measure that we can trust the Holy Spirit at work in us. Um, believers need to be um, good repenters. So that's just part of the Christian life and that we are going to have failures. We are going to have shortcomings. And the Lord doesn't reject us when we do. The Lord is against us when we cling to our sin. But when we repent of those sins, he is faithful and just, as the scripture says, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So following your heart 
while I understand the sentiment that's out there, I think we need to follow God, let God shape our hearts, and then have freedom to really be true to that overarching desire in our life. Yeah, that's complicated. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. pun intended, <laughs> no pun intended. Man, I, I remember just kind of as an add-on, I remember in, in one of the great tensions I felt in corporate America, we had an adage that it was better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. And that was to get folks to get out there and do stuff. And then if it messed up, I would clean it up on the back end. That's not right. what the Bible teaches, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we better to ask for, for forgiveness and permission. So, but but no, but it's a but it's an interesting thing because so much of our our our, our time and our life in so many spaces um, would, would would encourage us that way. I better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Just go do it. You know, just do it. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, no, we need to have a healthy healthy skepticism towards our own heart. Yeah. Now that heart can be redeemed and changed and shaped by the gospel, but certainly the Bible teaches that very plainly. But we need to be skeptical of ourselves and more trusting of the Lord than we are of our own hearts. Amen. Amen. Uh, next question. Um, there are times when people are struggling in their relationships and they kind of isolate, um, say to themselves things like, and, I, and I've been guilty of this, well, you don't know what I'm going through, or people feel like they are absolutely by themselves. But you kind of gave us a picture of the scriptures that clearly shows that not just David, but but let's let's keep the conversation narrow on David. I mean, he was misunderstood by his boss, or Dave, or Saul tried to kill him. He was um, underestimated by his dad, not even invited to the whole you know king elections, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, and under valued by his brothers who just viewed him as being this underrated, you know, shepherd boy, you know, having no business out at the the, the fight with, with Goliath. You know, so here's a guy whose life was inundated with being misunderstood, undervaluated, and hated. Why do you think we have this tendency to think we're the only ones going through something? Yeah. I think part of the reason we have this tendency is because it is very easy to be misunderstood. I mean, honestly, like you've heard the expression, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. You can't actually do that. I mean, we can strive to be empathetic. We can strive to be understanding. But, you know, even Rod, as much as you and I talk and we work together and strive for understanding, I have never put my mind and my heart in your situation, uh, you know, some sort of sick theological uh, biblical transplant there that's that's nothing that what's ever happened um i can only do my best so i think misunderstanding in this world is just a reality and so we are going to be prone to be misunderstood and the other thing is by nature we are self-centered people and so it's not only is it difficult for us to understand other people like we have a default setting that makes us internally focused often on our own selves and not on other people. That's why the Bible says things like, hey, love others as you love yourself, because we know how to love ourselves. We, we, we're experts at that. And so we have this tendency to focus on our own. And I would say the solution, what we see in the life of David, is it is so important to really cultivate a heart for God. Because we just realize we're going to be misunderstood. Um, 
we're going to misunderstand and be misunderstood. And our relationships are going to be challenging. So we really have to have our security in knowing God and knowing that we are known by God. And I think that's what David allowed, allowed David to weather some of those really difficult storms and worship the Lord in the midst of, you know, being chased down by Saul, being overlooked by his brothers, being kind of undervalued, as you said, by even his father. Um, I think he weathered the storm because he really did, when he was out there all alone with the sheep, he was seeking God during that time. Hmm. Uh, this this is kind of a bonus round question because it's not one that we that I really thought about. When you talked about David, the value of time spent alone, right, fighting the bear, the lion with the sheep, such a crucial developmental time um, for David. What do you say to that person out there who, man, they feel all of their alone time with a bunch of artificial stimuli? Like we are a culture that is afraid of boredom and self development. What do you say to that person? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this this really stems to a question that we did talk about is like, how does this intersect with our culture right now? Yeah. Um, man, technology and smartphones are really a gift. They really are. They You can do so much right now. I'm on a smartphone. Um, th- th- there's so many possibilities for blessing and good to come out of them. But there's also a real danger with those things. They're a double-edged sword in one sense. And I think exactly what you're saying is right. People in our culture are so prone to distraction because we give them distraction at their fingertips at, at all times. And um, just as I could not have a meaningful relationship with my wife, if when I'm with her, I'm constantly distracted by other things, I'm not giving her my focused attention. Um, that would not build a meaningful relationship with, with Trisha, nor can we really have a meaningful relationship with God if we don't ever just take some time and say, I'm going to focus on hearing from God. I'm going to pray to him and interact with him in prayer. I'm going to hear from his word and not let the 10,000 other things that are going on in my life distract me from that relationships. Healthy relationships are built by focused time together. I mean, I, I think that's an inescapable reality. And so on all level of relationship. So if we never have focused time with the Lord um, in his word, in prayer, meditating on scripture, out in creation, worshiping him, singing to him, if we don't take those times in our lives, then man, we're just not going to have the deep and impacting intimate relationship with God that I think I think all believers really desire. Amen. Amen. Um, so, so, so in light of that, um, I saw in the message, just obviously pressure points for all three of the major buckets of growth. We talk about growing in my relationship with, with the Lord or in the gospel with one another and with the world. Um, was there one in particular that you felt struck? Um, you know, there was a particular chord that was struck, uh, in that message between those three. Yeah, I think this one was the Lord. And in subsequent messages, it's going to be the the horizontal and the outward. But this message really was about having a heart for God. Um, man, God, I think the point that really struck me as I was thinking about this is God is not super concerned about my level of success. He's not concerned about my resume. He's not concerned about my image. 
the thing that God is really concerned about is the disposition of my heart. And I found great comfort that even in the life of David, a person who at times, I mean, he just made some catastrophic mistakes. I mean, sinned grievously about the Lord. And yet the commentary at the end of his life is that he still remained a person who sought the Lord with his whole heart. So that brings me comfort because, Mm -hmm. man, I have failed more times than I care to admit, Um, you know, as a husband, as a pastor, as a father, um, as a friend, as a family member. Like I have lots of failures in my life and it's an encouragement to me to know, know that I can still be a man after God's own heart, even when I fail. Amen. Um, and then um, final question here. And when you, when you think about the reconciling hope um, of the gospel, right? Um, how does this, um, where does that, how, how does this fit with, uh, with this, this idea of the reconciling hope? Yeah. Um, I can be right with God. I mean, mm-hmm. I can have a right relationship with God. David, who had an adulterous affair, who murdered a man, who was in many respects a terrible father, had yeah. a right relationship with God. It wasn't based on his performance. It was based on God's grace. Um, you know, the comment that I said in the message was, we don't have to build a ladder to heaven. God has built a staircase down. He has done all that is necessary through sending his son for us to be reconciled to him. And when we're reconciled to God, that overflows into the other relationships in our life. So, man, if you look at your life and there is just, you're asking yourself the question, and how can God accept me? How can God love me? I've blown it in all of these different spectrums. Is there hope for reconciliation with God and reconciliation with other people? The answer is yes. And his name is Jesus. Um, he came that so that we could be reconciled to God. And so I, I'm just encouraged um, to, as I look at my sin and shortcomings, to know that, that God wants a relationship with me. And it's not on me to create that. He mm. has done what is necessary so that I can be right with him. Amen. Amen. No, no life too broken to be not just fixed, but to be wholly redeemed. Um, amen. That, that is comforting. So, well, hey, looking forward to just a continued um, walk through David's life. Um, you know, you hear somebody, you look at some of David's exploits, some of the things that he did, and, and it's hard to think that you could identify with him. But then when we started to peel back the covers and look at how complicated his life was, man, you start to feel a lot closer to and you're even more comforting, uh, comforted by the fact that, um, man, if, if I can reorient my heart toward God, that I, too, maybe can have this designation as a man or a woman after God's own heart. I can strive for that um, in Christ. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, brother. I don't, know, um, I don't know about you, Rod. I was going to say, I don't know about you, Rod, but I've often found that people are most encouraged by my preaching, not when I somehow paint myself as a shining example, but as when I share my own personal struggles. And so I'm encouraged that here's a man who was deeply flawed and yet still had 
a what was called a man after God's own heart. I, I think that should bring us hope through this whole series. Amen. Amen. Um, well, hey, well, well, that's all the questions I have for today. Is there anything else that you feel like, man, you left on the table? It's like, oh, I wish I had said this, or I wish we had added a little bit more uh, color to that. Um, anything else? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I, I, I think we're going to unpack some of these things as we go. And um, th this message was just, um, it, it was one that I felt was difficult in coming um, and if nobody else was encouraged by it, that's okay. Uh, I needed to hear it. And sometimes that's, uh, that's God's uh, kindness to the preacher to allow us to really uh, dig into God's word and be ministered to ourselves uh, so that we can more effectively minister to others. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, well, hey that's it for this episode. So Gospel Hope and and other uh, family who, who listen, uh, we praise God for you and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, uh, next week. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.